you know, now that we're over the 4th of July and have kind of hit that middle period of the summer, maybe life has started to slow down for some of us. We're starting to take it a little more easy. You know, school has long been over and we don't start thinking about going back until later in August. And with it slowing down, with life getting a little quieter, maybe it's a good opportunity to do a, a check-in, a spiritual check-in. How am I doing? And import more importantly, how is my relationship with God going? Would I consider God my friend? Would he consider me his friend? Have we, have we continued our Lenten and Easter practices well into ordinary time in, to, to order, in order to cultivate that friendship? If we haven't, that's okay. In the words of Philip Rivers, Nunc Chepi, now I begin. Now I begin again. You know, we, we know God as Abba, as Dad, as Father, as the Beloved Son, as the Holy Spirit. But do we ever consider him as the friend, the buddy, the divine friend? And what's that look like? You know, friendship with God is divine. It's perfect. Perfect, at least, on his end. He is perfect. We try to strive for that every single day, even though we're not going to be perfect while here on earth. You know, we're, we still struggle with the, with the mark of original sin. And what does friendship mean to us? What does that even mean, especially in the context of God? Well, in his famous work, The Nicomachean Ethics, the famous Greek philosopher Aristotle wrote about three kinds of friendship for the human person. Utility, pleasure, and virtue. The first two, utility and pleasure, would be considered the imperfect friendships. Virtue would be considered the perfect. And while utility and, French and pleasure might be seen in a negative sense, it doesn't have to be. Sure, we might think, well, I'm, I'm only friends with you because you're useful to me, or I'm only friends with you because I get something nice out of it, I feel good about myself. These can be very positive. The imperfect friendship can be building blocks to the perfect friendship. So friendship of utility. Maybe you have a friend who's useful, who has a certain skill that we lack, who we know if we call on them, we can count on them to help us. Pleasure. I'm sure we all have that one friend who can make us laugh, who we enjoy spending time with, going to catch a ball game or, or a movie or just laughing with each other. And then, of course, it all leads to virtue, the perfect friendship, where we have a friend who seeks out our excellence solely because they love us and they want what's best for us. And that friendship becomes perfect when it's reciprocated, when it goes both ways. When I was in the seminary a few years ago, this is my earlier stages in, in Rome, every year the seminarian has what's called an evaluation, where the seminary decides whether or not to recommend a man to move forward to the next year as he continues further and further to the priesthood. And part of that evaluation is what's called the peer evalu evaluation. So you pick maybe three of your friends to evaluate you, and then the seminary randomly picks three as well to get a more objective look at, at the man. And I met with my, my formation director, the one who heads my formation, checks in with me, sees where I'm at, and he was reading the peer evaluations for, to me. 
and they're anonymous. So, you know, the first few come in, oh, they're pretty good, they're very commending of me, you know, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. And then came the one that was the most critical. He's not approachable. He's immature. He can't really take things seriously. Context. During that time, I was definitely one of, one of the class clowns of my, of my class. You know, I always like to make a good joke and keep things pretty light. You know, the, the friend of pleasure. But the people of God don't need a clown for a priest. They want a virtuous friend. It shook me a little bit because I thought, oh, I thought everything was going okay. I thought now I'm laughing and keeping things light. I must be confident. And later that evening, I, I went to the room of one of my good friends. His name is John. Uh, he's from the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. And I told him, yeah, I was meeting with Father so-and-so, and, and things were going okay, but then I got this, this evaluation from one of, one of the peer evaluations, and it just seemed a very, very critical. Uh, I was kind of taking it hard. And John just looks at me and says, I was the one who wrote that. But he was quick to say, let me explain why I wrote what I did, because on paper it seems a lot colder than right now. He said, Justin, the guys like you. People enjoy being around you. And in our talks, I've seen that side of you, that deeper side to you, the more serious side to you. And I want to know that guy. There's more to you than just the clown. Because if you're always the one who laughs, well, that could be an obstacle for, for people here in the seminary, but also at, to the extension of the people of God, to be with you. They'll see you and say, oh, here comes the clown. I don't really need a clown right now. I'm, I'm, I'm suffering with some sort of ailment or, or struggling with something. And as the famous song goes, when you're a clown, no one takes you seriously. You know, the, seminary, the seminary wants to, to help, to balance a man too. There's a time to laugh, there's a time to mourn. So as John is telling me all this, I'm, I'm taking it, and, and you know, the way he's saying it and the gentleness of his voice, you could tell he's just watching out for me. He's being that virtuous friend. And actually, after that evening, we became even better friends. I knew I could always talk to him. And we had that mix of conversations. I'd go to him to, to laugh, to de-stress, but also just to talk. He's someone I can count on. And just about three weeks ago, John was ordained a priest. He's going to make an excellent priest. He had the courage to tell me what I needed to hear. And I know that he's praying for me, and I'll see him when I go back to Rome in September on my own journey in 11 months to the priesthood. So that's friendship. Utility, pleasure, virtue, according to Aristotle. And the works of this ancient Greek gentleman is only perfected when we put it in a theocentric context, putting God in the middle of it. Aristotle did believe in God. He didn't know about Jesus Christ. He, you know, he lived a few centuries before him. So he knew God in the impersonal way. Yeah, there's some sort of first principle, first cause, first mover, something from where all this came from. But for us, we know. We know who he is. And our friendship with him, sure, it's going to be imperfect because of who we are. But we know we can count on him as the divine friend. You know, looking at the 
three kinds of friendship again with God. Is God useful? Yeah, he's very useful. He's the best listener. He's an open ear whenever we need to talk. He gives us purpose. We don't need to go through some sort of existential crisis when we have God. He places us in the context of a much larger story. This family here is the same family of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob. That prophecy of Zechariah is not some old ancient Near Eastern text. It means something to us because that was the expectation of the Messiah. And we know who the Messiah is. Is there pleasure in the friendship of God? Absolutely. He gives us peace. He provides us a place of comfort to rest when life gets burdensome. He lifts us up when our souls are tired and are beaten. You know, our spiritual wounds are much heavier than our physical ones. What affects the soul, our spirits, does affect the body, affects the whole person. And of course, the perfect friendship, virtue. This is a friendship that is solely 110%, a friendship that desires our good out of love for us. You know, Aristotle was always about man striving for the good. Well, the good is striving for us. The good became one of us, Jesus Christ. And he doesn't need to be our friend. He doesn't need any of us. But he desires us. He desires that friendship. And that Messianic prophecy, the prophecy of the Messiah to come from Zechariah, would remind any ancient Jew of one person, King David, because the Messiah was to come from David's line. And how is David described in the Bible? A man after God's own heart. He wanted friendship with him, even though he was a sinner. He was imperfect. Today, let's get vulnerable with God. Let's open our hearts to him in the Eucharist. Let's check in. Am, am I friends with God? Would I consider him to be my friend? Would he consider me to be his friend? Even ask him, are we friends? Ask him in the Eucharist. If I were a betting man, I think he'd respond one of two ways. Yes, or not yet, but I want to know you, and I want you to know me. When we grow in friendship with others, how much do we learn about them and ourselves? Imagine how much more we'll learn as we work to cultivate that friendship with God. It's going to change us, because Jesus changes everything. That's a friendship worth having. Amen. Mm -hmm.